Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. It's time for the Sharks Morning Skate with all the latest on San Jose Sharks hockey. Here are your hosts, Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. Welcome to another edition of the Morning Skate. We are at SAP Center at San Jose. The Sharks are faced off against the Minnesota Wild tonight. Minnesota is very solidly one of the better teams in the Western Conference. They play a defensive brand of hockey. They don't score a ton of goals and they'll probably score less because Kirill, Kap Kirill Kaprizov is out for the next couple of weeks. But they do have John Klingberg on the back line. And uh, Drew, that's sort of the, the entree to our show today because the real entree is the Sharks have an opportunity to sweep a season series against a team like this. A team that's uh, going to be in the playoffs is playing very well defensively as you, as you talk. Well, playing very well, too. Their last uh, 10 wins, I think they've scored 24 goals. In 10 wins, they've, they've scored 24 goals, but they've only allowed 14. That's impressive in 10 games. Sounds like a playoff. That sounds like a playoff team. We know they're physical. We know that they are a hard-hitting team. We know that they um, have outstanding goaltending in Gustafson and Flurry. We think Flurry started today, but we had a chance to have a brief conversation with him with some original sounds that he shared from the favorite people in the world. And he said, what they're doing now, they've changed, and he's not even changed, but concentrated on is making sure they're on the right side of the puck. So they don't cheat offensively. They don't try to slide by you and go for a breakaway. They were doing that before. And you're struggling to score, and that's, you know, that's what you do. They've got, he's got them completely in sync as far as staying on the right side of the puck and checking hard. And that's why they're being successful. And that's, like you said, that's a player. Yeah, it's a team that could go deep in the playoffs, in fact. Uh, they're not taking anything for granted, and they're getting the goaltending, which is another factor. And Marc-Andre Fleury, is, is a, he's a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, he's a Stanley Cup champion. Gustafson playing fantastic. I mean, he's, Dean's got a great dilemma on his hands. Which wonderful goaltender do I start today? Which guy is going to help me win today? And both guys are helping him helping win. I seem to remember, didn't that cost him last year? Yeah, he had Talbot and Fleury. So he's going to have to make a decision. I was watching the other day and listening to Hendrik Lundqvist on TNT. And he, and he said that he was talking about Boston. Because they, Swayman and, and Omar, are both playing their standard. But Hendrik said there, there comes a time when a coach has got to make a decision. He said, as a goalie, I wanted to know, was I in or was I out? Who is going to be the guy starting in the playoffs? Oh, in the playoffs, you can change it. Washington did, and it worked out really well when they won the Cup, and Hopi came back in. But overall, you, you, every player, every but every goalie especially, wants to know if they, I'm the guy, right? And you gotta let them know, I think it was a little bit early now, but as the playoffs approach, a couple weeks in the playoffs, that's the guy you want to tag. 
I'd say you probably figure that out in the stretch drive of the season, which is the last 10 games for me. I lo always look at the last 10 games of the season to see the trend for a team going into the playoffs. And some of it has to do with injuries, some of it has to do with just the way that everything is gelling together, and some of it has to do with how well the goaltender is playing, and that's a big factor for this Minnesota team. Meanwhile, the Sharks find themselves uh, strictly and strongly in Connor Bedard sweepstakes territory right now at the very bottom of the Western Conference after some of the results last night. Um, that's not really a factor in what we're talking about today, just a matter of fact. But in today's game, we've got James Reimer going in the nets. He's played really well in his last two games. The game in Winnipeg, he was tremendous. And coming in into the Colorado game was a tough situation, but he actually stabilized things. So that's been a nice story. And of course, what James is thinking about is next year, right? He wants to get another chance to keep playing. Yeah, and you never know who it's going to be with, right? You know, when do the Sharks start making the move to younger guys? What are the Sharks doing? Maybe looking at trading at the draft. Maybe they're going to draft a goal. So as a player at this time of year, when you're in the situation that the Sharks are in, it doesn't matter if you're James Reimer, it doesn't matter if you are uh, William Eklund, it doesn't matter if you are Mario Ferraro or Oscar Limbaugh, you are playing for next year's job. You don't know where it's gonna be, even if you have a contract with the Sharks. You don't know where, who's looking at you, who's watching you, who's thinking, okay, could we use that guy? Or are the Sharks any good? This is one of the guys we wanna build in. So it doesn't, for a player, yeah, it was funny because I'm talking to, uh, talking to Nico Sturm and, uh, and Noah Gregor this morning, just briefly. Uh, how you doing, boys? And they both said the same thing almost at the same time. Another day in the show, nothing wrong with that, best job in the world. They both said the same thing. Was it, was it, like, did you guys rehearse that? And it is for them and for anybody. It's the greatest job in the world. They get to play a game for a living and make a good living at it. So. I love the fact that the guys still have that. There's always something to play for. I know you talked to David Quinn about that today, and we'll play it later on the broadcast, um, tonight's broadcast. But there's always something to play for. I think it's, it's also interesting, we're going to hear this too from David Quinn, about how players themselves hold each other accountable at this time of the season. Not so much what the coach does, because they, they do it with ice time. You saw it last game. Kevin LeBanc makes a mistake at the blue line, turns over the puck, doesn't play for basically the next period and a half, gets back in, first shift really rusty, had to get his legs open, but after that got back in for the rest of the game. And that was just a, a mental note. I saw them talking today. I saw William Eklund speaking with the, the coach today. He was talking individually with a lot of players, but I'm more interested in that latter part. How do players like Logan Couture and Tomas Hurdle and Eric Carlson uh, not only hold each other accountable, but hold their teammates accountable in the leadership department? It certainly depends on the type of person you are. Um, most guys will tell you, especially in hockey, because there's, there's not many dominant personalities uh, on the show. So you, like, there's everybody on the, on the professional team today plus personality, so that's how you get to the show. But then you start to figure out where you belong on the team. There are guys who will come right out and jump down your throat if you don't get things going. If you're not, if you're not working as hard as everybody else, you don't get the results. You don't get the results. That's that's the game of hockey. It's professional sports. But if you're not putting in the effort, if you're not playing within the team structure, if you're being selfish, if you're cheating on on a puck, if you're cheating on trying to go for a breakaway instead of playing the man and going through the guy, there will be guys on the team that will let you know. Nick Benino is one of those guys that will let you know. Logan will let you know. I think Tomas is more, Tomas more is that both tries to, to, to do it by example. 
Eric will definitely let you. You know, back in the day, there was Joe Thornton. There was Joe Thornton, there was, there was Danny Boyle, there was, there was Ryan Clough, there was Danny Nabokov. That team was full of guys, but those, those guys were top players, AA-plus personalities. When you're playing well, when you're, when, you're, when you're winning and you're performing and things are working for you, you're, you've got a bigger voice than you. And I like the fact that David is talking about the team doing that thing because, uh, as our good friend Todd McClellan once said, it can't be about the guy behind the bench. The players have to take ownership, and you have to hold each other responsible. So good base for the Sharks. You know what? You, what, what you're talking about is kind of interesting because uh, maybe the for example or the quiet leader is more important right now. Somebody like Logan, who's not a yeller and a screamer, but he's very intense. He's very honest. He's very professional, and he does take players aside and have talks with them. I'm, I, I'm, I'm sure of it uh, inside that locker room. And you know, you remember Joe Pavelski wasn't exactly the vocal leader. But he was a guy who, when he spoke, it was really important. But the other thing was, he was an, a genius at managing the people in the room. And I think that Logan has some of those qualities, too. So it's interesting to see. Tomas Hurdle can get up there and get a little emotional sometimes. And he's doing that to push himself, too. Uh, he's trying to get better. He's been better the last few games. So it's interesting to see how this dynamic is working out with the team as they get uh, set to face off against the Minnesota Wild Club that's in a totally different position in the season. And uh, that's going to be one of the fascinating things. Also tonight, uh, it is South Asian Culture Night. I think it's going to be cool. We're going to have the dancers around. Today is what they call Holi, H-O-L-I. It's a holiday in the Hindu uh, faith, and it's really important. That's why we're doing it tonight. We're going to talk to uh, Huma Qureshi, who's a big, big star in Bollywood. And I think uh, she's going to start making news in Hollywood pretty soon. So uh, those are some of the things that are happening off the ice today. But the most important thing is that the San Jose Sharks need to make sure that they're strong defensively, that they play a, an old-fashioned brand of hockey, maybe get a little nasty against this wild team that will be that way. Yeah, we're going to talk to David Quinn and, and you and I and Brad Eddie can have a little scrums. Let's have some scrums tonight. We're on the air at 7 o'clock, and we hope you're with us, too, on the Sharks Audio Network. Make sure you tune in to the Sharks and the Minnesota Wild. Until then, that's it for the Morning Skate today. You've been listening to the Sharks Morning Skate. Make sure you're listening all season long to the latest Sharks news and information right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.